0: Good morning. Happy Friday. It is the 28th of August. And I'm back with Billy Ray for our last podcast of the week. So I hope you've had a chance to listen to some other earlier podcasts to get a sense of some of the stream that we're playing in uh, this week in the scriptures. Um, So we're going to read this passage and just uh, wonder what God could be saying to us through it. Um, Billy, would you mind reading this passage? We're going to be reading. Matthew 16, verses 21
1: through 28. Okay, I'll be reading from the NIV 84 version. Great, thanks. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom.
0: Hmm. Thanks, Billy. So, last passage of the week is our gospel passage. For me, Fridays are kind of like the uh, the dessert, the treat. We get to read a gospel passage after a week of being the Old Testament or Psalms or you know New Testament, um, and it's it's great to be kind of face to face, so to speak, with Jesus at the end of the week. What is grabbing your attention, Billy, about this passage? What do you see God saying to you in this?
1: Yeah, um, well, if I could just because we, we were reading these passages all together, Brendan, this week, you know, the, the story there way back when on Monday we were talking about Moses and, and uh, God told Moses, he said, listen, here's what's going to happen. You're going to bring them, you know, I'm going to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and I'm going to bring them up out of the land in a good space. You're going to worship me on this holy mountain and then you're actually going to go into the land of the Canaanites And then you're going to take their land too. And it's going to be great. You know, he tells them the beginning, the middle, the end of the story right there. And of course, Moses stumbles on the first thing, the whole deliverance part. Um, And here I just couldn't get over how this is similar. Jesus is saying, listen, (laughs) you're going to suffer. All right. Um, I'm going to die but then I'm going to be raised to life on the third day. And it's like, Peter, I mean, if he just really stopped and he followed the thinking here, it's like, okay, (laughs) Jesus is going to suffer. But he, he, it's like everything else he just forgot, you know? Because, I mean, if you could imagine, I mean, it's just kind of crazy for someone to say that. But um, to say... The end of the story here, though, is on the third day. You don't even have to wait that long. I'm going to be raised back to life. It's all I just told you what's going to happen. But they just, it just, they couldn't get past the very first thought was that they would ever be handed over to the their enemies. Um, this is where Peter was just like, "No, we'll never let that happen." And that's that kind of. Uh, I mean, we see this really in the Middle East a lot, just that cultural loyalty is like, we will never, we'll die for you, we'll never let you be handed over into the hands of your enemies, those guys, you know, over there, Um, but, and so Peter can't get past the fact that this is actually a plan, that it's been spoken, um, and it's gonna be better. Can you imagine me resurrected, you know, third day, and then, well, he doesn't quite explain what happens after that, but I mean, you'd be like, wow, everybody would follow you then if you're, you die and then you're resurrected and then you come to life again. I mean, that sounds really great. but um, yeah, I mean, I can understand Peter not, not hearing any of the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, just hears, he just hears, I'm going to be handed over and he's immediately just like, you know, Peter took him aside. I mean, <laughs> you know, Jesus, the one who always talks in groups and with his disciples, he's, everybody's herded around him. You know, and he's just like Jesus, come here, listen, <laughs> like pulling him away, and and rebuking him. And it says, I like how it says he began to rebuke him. It it kind of to me that shows that. uh, there was a lot more that Peter wanted to say.
0: Jesus maybe interrupted him.
1: But Jesus just turned. I just would love to know the Greek word for that verb there. Jesus turned is finally, you know, it's like they're kind of talking over here away from the crowd. Wait, 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 come here, come here. Let me, let's get this story straight. It's like you yank somebody off the stage and pull them behind the curtain and be like, wait a minute. And you're kind of talking like this, you know. And then Jesus is like, Hold on a second. And I don't know that, uh, I mean, this is, it must have been so scary for Peter to hear the word Satan spoken, kind of about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would just make me wet myself or something. It's like, it would just be like, what a shocking thing for you. To, I just displayed my complete loyalty. I'm willing to die for you. I will never let this happen. I'm your marketer anyway, you know, and I'm going to make sure that you are, you know, you're revered by everybody and I'm going to ensure that, you know, and that, that part of that honor shame culture is like, I will make sure that you're never dishonored Jesus, you know, and then he brings up Satan in regards to me, and just be like, "What? what a gut punch that must have been." Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter to hear that. And probably everybody else heard that too. When, when Jesus turned, it was probably projected. It wasn't probably a quiet moment. Um, mm-hmm. What a rebuke. And, but Jesus knew his task and it took uh, a correction like that for for Jesus to stay on task. I mean, he Mm -hmm. knew, I can't, I cannot veer one iota from this path. Don't even tempt me. Yeah. So, I mean, Peter, what you're saying is
0: Peter hears this three-step plan, you know, I'm going to be handed over and suffer. I'm going to be killed. And on the third day, I'm going to raise again. Similar to the plan God gives to Moses. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to deliver the people. You're going to, run, you're going to come worship me on this mountain, and then you're going to go and occupy this new land in the promised land. It's going to be great. And Peter can't hear the whole story. He just gets hung up on the suffering part. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know how to understand suffering in the role of God's redemption. Mm-hmm. He thinks it will only be good things coming their way if they follow Jesus. He doesn't know how to understand um, suffering as a part of the plan of God. Mm-hmm. And so he can't even hear it. He can't even hear the rest of it. He's like, well, this can't be right. If, if you're telling me suffering has to do with this, if you're telling me death has to do with this, then you can't possibly be right. Even though he just said he's going to raise it. I think it's funny that he says, forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. What was he talking about? What's the this he was saying? This must never happen to you. The suffering, the death, or the being raised again? You know, it's kind of all of it, right? When he says, you, you know, this must never happen. I'm thinking he's talking about the suffering and killing, but he's also kind of saying, no, Jesus, you must never rise again. You know, um, it's kind of what he's saying. And Jesus is rebuking him for it and um, saying, let me set the record straight. If you want to be my followers, you know, if you want to have life, if you want to be raised again, you're going to have to lose your life first. Suffering is going to have to be a part of your story. It's going to have to be a part of your redemption. It, there's no other way around it. Deliverance, um, for Moses, delivering the people, you can't get the people to the promised land without deliverance. And deliverance is necessarily going to involve some kind of suffering and opposition. So we lie to ourselves and we think that deliverance is not part of our necessary journey towards redemption, you know? that there's something we have to be delivered from. And it just shows Peter's ignorance that he thinks that there's nothing he has to be delivered from, you know, and there's nothing, you know, Jesus has to do to rescue anybody. He just thinks it's going to be a, you know, a barrierless waltz right into God's kingdom. And there's something that Jesus has to rip his people from, um, and it's going to involve suffering. And I don't think Peter understands that there's something he needs to be rescued from and i don't think we understand that there's something we need to be rescued from either you know that we think we're good and god could just save us and we could just walk right into the new thing he has for us without realizing that the the tentacles the the roots of evil are deep in us and it needs to be pulled out like jesus has to pull us away from something in order to rescue us and that's going to hurt um and we also can't think about this too individualistically to bring Moses back into it. There's a whole people that needs to be rescued. It's not just about us. Moses is already in the desert. God could have been like, and I'm calling you to go walk back into the promised land. You know, like just go, go there, you and your family. Just take your wife and your son and, and just go walk back up to the promised land. It's right there. Um, he, he doesn't let us off the hook as an individual. He says, um, you're going to have to go back and rescue all of my people until every last one has made it. Um, and actually Moses ends up not making it at all, right? Like Moses doesn't get to see the end of the end of the right. line. Um, and he does it all for the sake of the people who would, who would who he would rescue. And Moses kind of ends up laying his life down, so to speak, giving up the rest of his life to be able to deliver other people. Mm-hmm. And he loses his life in order to gain life for the people. So it's not an individualistic thing that we normally think of salvation as like, and that's why suffering has to do with it because we are called as a community of salvation and um and if we just think oh it's just me first of all we're lying to ourselves about our own personal sin but um we also are lying to ourselves about the the communal nature of god's salvation that god is rescuing a people for himself and that we have a role to play in going back to god's people going back to the world um, in order to rescue God's people and not just for our own sake, but for the f- sake of others. And that's going to involve deep suffering as we involve ourselves in the work of God's deliverance. So um, yeah, I, thank you for that that insight about Peter's just um, ignorance of, of suffering and his resistance to it. It reminds me of what you said yesterday too about letting Jesus be Jesus, letting Jesus do the work and um and this is what Jesus does is he can he can step in and defend himself, you know he can step in and give a word of rebuke to people, and we can let him do that um, so so yeah, that's uh, I think it ties into a lot of the themes this week, and for me, this week has been about what does it look like to um, to play a role in leading others um like Moses through Jeremiah, through, um, Paul and Jesus are all talking about, um, the difficult task of, um, loving people and leading people who don't necessarily like us. You know, Jesus is tasked with leading Peter who seems to be against his own plans and not to get it. And yet Jesus says, um, you know, come follow me to Peter. And, um, And Jesus is not well received even by his own disciples. So um, that's kind of the, for me, that's the word that's sticking out to me this week about all these passages. And maybe that's something I need to hear for myself. Maybe that's why I'm seeing it in here. Um, Not because it's objectively true about these passages, but because it's something God wants to say to me about leading people who may not be receptive to me, you know, and am I willing to love people who don't always agree with me or who, um, who might be even resisting um, some of the things I'm might be resisting me as I try to lead. And um, that's just, it seems like that's part of the calling is how do you step into those spaces and let God be God and let God be enough for me. And um, and so I think that's kind of what's grabbing me about this week's passages. How about, how about you? How would you kind of uh, put a cap on, on these passages for you this week?
1: Yeah, I like how you um, summed up that, that passage there in Matthew, Brendan, and the suffering. Um, yeah, that was, Peter wasn't quite tuned into that. And again, kind of goes back to what we said earlier this week about, you know, I think that one of the hardest things we struggle with is finite temporal beings, is de- is <laughs> dealing with the timeline of God, dealing with the yeah. time God's timing is, is the most, one of the most frustrating things, because... We're he draws us into trust in him as that as a stream of living water but we don't see it sometimes it doesn't give us as much nourishment as we would like and we like jeremiah uh, a couple of days ago we say is this deceptive is this a deceptive brook it's not giving me life it's bringing pain in my life and things and um And then again, with Moses, when he announced deliverance to the Hebrews, uh, if we just go full circle here, the first thing that happened was that Pharaoh took away the straw and the people had to go gather it for themselves in order to make the bricks. And so their life got doubly harder. and Things got worse
0: before they got better.
1: They certainly did. And you would say... um, Moses, you're a false prophet because you said this and life got really bad. And hmm. I mean, that is just one of those hard things about trusting in God is we have to we have to move through. We have to trust God for the end of the story. And I think as I shared earlier this week, sometimes some of those promises won't be fulfilled in our lifetime. And like you said, look at Moses, who died before he saw the fulfillment of them coming into the land of Canaan. But, mm-hmm. as I, as in my uh, Bible reading, I think it's just the next chapter over um, in 17, where Moses appears on the Mount of Transfiguration with yeah. Elijah and Jesus. He got to see it. So, God was faithful to Moses to huh. show him yeah. in the flesh, on, on planet Earth, you know, um, whatever that is, I don't know. It's like two <laughs> <later, laughs> thousand years later, thousand years later. But um, and uh, and I think that you know, uh, when I think about the story of God and the whole narrative, the whole arc of of history, um, I think you you could make a case for Satan who has been jeering and mocking God from day one and still satan has a case against god you haven't fulfilled this promise you haven't fulfilled that promise you haven't you left this person out to you to dry you weren't loyal to so and so you allowed so and so to suffer you you know you called your people and then you made them suffer and you can just hear the nagging uh mocking voice of satan but one day every single promise of god and every word of God will be fulfilled and there will be nothing that Satan can can say and he will be vanquished and he and God will stand righteous and true and he will be able to say I fulfilled all that I set out to do I was faithful to my children and to the family my family and uh and Satan will be silenced but he he's still you can just He's still mocking God. We don't want to join in in to the chorus of the satanic hordes mocking God. We want to say, even though we can't see, and we may be blind to God, what you're doing right now, we're going to trust because we know you and because we know your name, we're going to trust that it's all going to work out. And maybe not even in my lifetime, but even if, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even if God does not come through and we don't live to see it. We still say we will serve him till our dying day until our last breath.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, Billy, for joining us this week on the podcast. Really appreciate just your honest engagement with scripture and your challenge and your encouragement. And, um, man, it's just also just so cool to, um, to connect with you uh, via Zoom and to invite you into and have you speak into our community yet again. So um, thank you. Um, and thank you, listeners, for joining in on this week. Um, hope you'll share this podcast with friends. Just think about somebody you know who might be blessed by this and, and share them this podcast. Um, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Um, so go in peace, everybody. And we will catch up with you later this coming Monday with another podcast episode. So for this weekend, go in peace, be blessed. And um, remember that God's promises uh, may not feel all the time like they're coming true, but we can trust him and we can be honest with him. and We can have a relationship with him um, in the meantime. And um, that's enough for us to receive the life we need for every moment. Go in peace, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.